Well, as Libby said, you uh, may have noticed that we are going through our strategy as a church. We've been using this phrase, aru, meaning to shift, change, and transform. If you um, have been around, you may have picked up, and you may actually may know it, our vision as a church, that we are to make whole life disciples, sharing the whole of the gospel with the whole of society through churches of grace. And we've been looking at three strands to our strategy. Firstly, changing lives. Secondly, transforming society. And thirdly, deepening influence. Libby and Dave have both touched on these. They've they've done a talk on uh, some of these. If you've missed that, it'd be my encouragement just to actually jump on the website, listen to the podcast, and just get up to speed with where we're heading as a church to listen to some of them talks and hear about uh, some thoughts, ideas, Uh, for um, us as a church in these areas. But today I'm going to be looking at transforming society. And I was thinking about this, um, and actually, as we look at transforming society, I was thinking it's not this thing that we kind of do. It's not like we're here in this place where we're sorted and we kind of transform society. But actually that transformation comes from within. That actually, if God is transforming the whole of his creation, he's transforming us too. We're not left out of that. If God is making all things new, he's making all things new in us as well. In many ways, God is still making me. God is still building me. My life, in many ways, is a construction site with hard hats and high-vis vests and all that sort of stuff. The scaffolding propping me up at times. But we're not this finished piece. God is transforming us. We talk a lot about revival and revival kicking off and revival happening. But we know that revival has to start in our hearts. God has to revive our hearts. He wants to do it in us and he wants to do it through us. So when we talk about transforming society, we have to be willing to put our lives on the potter's wheel and say, God, I need transformed. When I um, had a background in art, I remember doing pottery and sculpture, and you would get the the clay, and you'd have to knead it, and you'd have to manipulate it and move it round, and you'd have to find stones. If there was any stones in the clay, you'd have to remove the stones, because if you didn't remove the stones, when you made it and it went in the fire, went in the kiln, it would completely crack and shatter the pot. Sometimes in our lives, God needs to just remove some stones, doesn't he? just need to take them things out of our heart. It's just not helpful. That as we go through the fire, we're just going to just explode. It's not going to make the journey. And that can be painful. That can be difficult. That can be through counseling. For me, it was through grief counseling and the counseling sessions I've been to. The things that I've processed from my childhood as, as I allow God to put his hands around me and to mold me and to transform me and to keep on transforming me. But whether you know it or not, whether you see it or not, God is transforming you. Whether you're in a difficult place or whether you're in a great place, God's got a plan for your life and he's transforming you. He wants to transform you to be more like him. The Apostle Paul says that we are being transformed into his likeness all the time, into ever-increasing glory. God's transforming our lives to become more like him. I wasn't going to say any of that, so I need to go back to my notes. Sorry, (laughs) where are we at? transforming society. Well, today my hope is that 
I can encourage us to think and rethink what it's like to transform society, what it's like to transform our lives, the people around us. It's my hope that we get inspired to think creatively and to reimagine our workplaces and our context that God, God's put us into. And I want to introduce you to Flo. Flo, put your notebook down and come and join me on the stage. She's going to hate this. Come on up. Let's give Flo a big round of applause. Flo's the intern here. So Flo is interning with us at P's and G's, and she's interning in the area of social transformation. And you're doing an incredible job. You really are amazing. What you do, soul food on a Saturday, knowing the guests by name, knowing their situations providing stuff for them, contacting places, getting resources for them, hats, scarves, all sorts of stuff. Flo's got dreams and desires to see some incredible things. But if during this talk, things pop into your head, you're like, ah, oh, we're not doing that, why aren't we doing We could be doing that. Is that something we could explore? Go and find Flo. She's going to be wearing the same clothes. She's going to be sitting there on the front at the end. Go and grab Flo or email flo, L-F-L-O, at peasandgs.org.uk. Don't forget that face, Flo. Thank you. <laughs> Let's look at our passage. Verse 27 says this. This is where I'm mainly going to focus the talk on, this, this early part, the beginning part of the, the, the verse, the chapter here. Verse 27 says this. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. This word conduct, in Greek, it means to live as citizens. So you could read the passage, whatever happens, live as citizens in a manner worthy of the gospel. Like, what does that mean? Why is Paul saying, whatever you do, live as citizens in such a way that... Um, worthy of the gospel. Well, this imagery of citizenship is very familiar to the people who are reading this. Paul's writing this letter to a church in Philippi. Philippi was a Roman colony. The people were Roman citizens. They spoke the Roman language. They wore Roman dress. They followed Roman customs, and they would have wanted to live a life that is worthy of Rome. They would have wanted to conduct themselves in a certain way that is a life that's worthy of Rome. And Paul's saying, yeah, 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 that's great, fine, but actually you're citizens of more than that. You are citizens of heaven. He even goes on to say later on in the letter in chapter 3, but we are citizens of heaven. You, your citizenship is in heaven heaven. So he's saying to these guys in Philippi, whatever you do, live a life that demonstrates heaven. Wherever you are, live a life that just points to heaven, that points to God's kingdom, that points to the things of God. Conduct the way that you live your life in such a way that when people look at you, they say, wow, I want to be part of that colony. I want to be part of that I want to be a citizen of that because that is just so other. That is just so different. That is just so great. That is just so countercultural. That is something that we need. He's encouraging them to re remember who they are, whose they are, where their citizenship lies, and that they should live it out in front of people. Why is he saying this to them? Well, I believe that Paul's saying this to them. Because the world's watching. 
The world is watching. He says in the latter part of that verse, verse 27, the, the latter part, he says, if you do this, then, then I can hear good report about it. Or if I come and visit you, I can see that you guys are actually living out in the identity that God has given you. If you do this, I can see and praise God that you're living a life that demonstrates the kingdom of God and demonstrates heaven. He's saying to them, guys, get your stuff together because the world is watching. The world is watching. Yesterday at Soul Food, we had BBC Radio Scotland come. And they went around and they were interviewing some of the guests. They were interviewing some of the volunteers that spent the week Leading up to that this week, uh, interview myself and some of the, the staff members and Flo, and just saying, what do you do about transforming society? What do P's and G's do at Soul Food? How do you go about in bringing transformation to the, the homeless community and those on the margins? And it's been a, prev- a privilege, it's been a blessing, but I'm, I'm aware, like, wow, the world is watching. Songs of Praise have done the same. They've been in touch and said, what are you guys doing to transform society? Tell us about soul food. Tell us the story. Tell us some success stories about transformation. In October, they're coming to look again and just to, to, to capture the story and the world is watching. And you know, that's not a pressure. That shouldn't be a burden. It's an opportunity. It is an amazing opportunity to demonstrate something of the kingdom of God in the context that God has called us to. There's no sacred, secular divide. God's placed you where he's placed you to demonstrate the kingdom of God, to be ambassadors for God, to show something other than what we experience and what people come up so many times disappointed with. We're to live a life that's worthy of the gospel. Citizens of heaven, ambassadors for him. And how do we do this? Well, I can't do it. We can't do it alone. We have to do it together. Let's look back at the text. Paul says this, verse 27, the latter part, striving together as one. We've sung about that, haven't we? We've talked about that, that we need to be one. We need to be on the same page with this and pressing forward into it. Striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. An awesome example of this recently has been how I've just watched some of the soul food team, some of the staff members, some of the congregation members just striving together as one for the one. I asked earlier if you doesn't mind me sharing this story, but, but Julian, one of the, the first people through the doors at Soul Food, one of the first members, if you like, at Soul Food, we've been really championing him and encouraging him, saying, you are great, you're loved by God, you have a royal identity, and where you are, we want to take you from there, we want to get you over the line, we want to move you into a better place where we feel God wants you to be. And this week... Members of the congregation have been striving and praying and texting and encouraging Julian. And this week, it's been incredible to celebrate with Julian after being on the street for eight months, sleeping on the Royal Mile for eight months. It's been incredible this week to have him in the office and with the staff team to raise a glass of bubbly. It was sparkling water, his favorite flavor. But a glass of bubbly, uh, sparkling water, to have some celebration chocolates and raise a glass and celebrate together and say, we celebrate that you now have accommodation. 
You are in accommodation. And we're so grateful. We're so grateful for the God. And we celebrate together. And it's not finished there. We strive together as one. We push and pray together. We fight together that he would get benefit and he would get employment. And we're for him and we're doing this together. We're striving as one. I've been blown away by people's determination for that. Just to see God's kingdom come, someone's life as it is or it should be, like in heaven. Reminds me of William Booth. This fighting for justice, fighting for the right thing. An English Methodist preacher who founded Salvation Army, now in 131 countries. William Booth once said this, While women weep as they do now, I'll fight. While children go hungry as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison in and out, in and out as they do now, I'll fight. While there is a drunkard left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the streets, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight. I'll fight till the very end. The truth is, P's and G's, we're all ready transforming society. Like, we do an incredible job. Like, from our children right the way through to our adults, our elderly people, we're doing an incredible job. Babies and toddlers, children's work, youth work, student work, our counselling service. We're doing an incredible job. And all the people that we partner with, incredible job. Like, blown away by P's and G's and how we do it. But we've only just begun. There's so much more. God is doing a great thing. Our babies and toddlers, for example, 95% of the people that go to babies and toddlers aren't from the church. My wife and I are probably one of two, three couples who actually attend the church. And they're creating community and a network and a family where they can be heard, where they can share stories of broken sleep and vomiting children and everything else. An amazing support group. It's just incredible what we do. We want to do it together. We want to move forward. We want to fight for the right things. We want to demonstrate heaven where we are. And we thankfully, we don't do it alone, do we? We do it with the people who are already doing this. Like the Farewell Youth Project, who are helping to disciple young people at the margins of society. We continue to partner with people like Safe Families for Children, Home for Good, Just Love, Tear Fund, World Vision, International Justice Mission, Individual Mission Partners. And our financial support and global focus partners and microphone beneficiaries continue in alignment with our strategy. So much, so many great things that we do. And at the AGM, I I kind of just described three areas that we could do as, as we think about social transformation, as we think about transforming society. Just three things, and again, we do so much, but just three things today that we can look at. The first, and I've already mentioned, soul food. We're going to continue to develop soul food, the development of soul food. You know, we had 95 guests yesterday 
here just eating and, and connecting. 116 the week before, every Saturday. People who during the week would be in nice clean suits, rolling their sleeves up and washing dirty dishes on a Saturday. People volunteering and pouring themselves out, giving themselves to the community. It's just incredible to see. We're going to develop that. We're going to partner with uh, Soul Food Edinburgh, doing a great thing there. Uh, Bethany, Caravan, Social Bite, Edinburgh City Mission, Christians Against Poverty. We can't do it alone, but we partner with these guys. We want to look at how we actually do a holistic sort of um, response, not just the food on the Saturday. We want to do things from haircuts to health checks. We want to get people uh, doing employment uh, training. We want to do interview training. We want to help them with application forms. We had uh, your home over in the corner on Saturday. They had nine people go over, four that they can follow up and help them get accommodation, get them from A to B and over the line. But we want to think the arms and the legs of soul food, not just the food, but how do we get people from A to B and into a place where they can not just survive, but thrive, a place where they can thrive. But we could imagine so much more, baking bread with people, knitting with the guys when they're there on, on the actual day. If you've got ideas, come and see Flo. Come and find Flo or email Flo at P's and G's. Just throw it out there. It might be the start of an initiative, a ministry that, that flourishes and goes for years, that transforms people's lives forever. Get involved. It'd be amazing to hear from you. The other thing that I mentioned at the AGM is a wholeness center. Imagine if we could just explore the idea. Imagine exploring our uh, development of our current pastoral care team. And as an extension of our counseling service, be able to offer a beautiful space that helps people mind, body, and soul. It helps people flourish a place where people can come and get advice and support financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically. A place where people can get a space where they can get advice about dietary, about their finances, dietary advice. Where they can have courses on me mental resilience as well as listening and prayer counsel. A place that plays its part in combating violence against women, gender-based violence and people with sex addictions. Supporting those who are suffering with poor mental health issues. Supporting refugees. And working with people who are already specifically placed by God in the NHS, in the police and third sector. That the places where you guys are on a day-to-day. -day, place where we can get behind you and say, guys, you're doing a great job. How can we pray for you? How can we support you? Imagine having a wholeness center. Again, ideas, sea flow. And then finally... Caring for creation. We want to be a leading voice in Edinburgh and beyond about the environment, about the creation that God's given us to tend the land, to look after what God has given us. Nicky Gumbel recently uh, put up uh, an Instagram post and he said this, Christians should be at the forefront of the protection, preservation and care for God's amazing creation. Be great to gather a team of people who are passionate about in the environment, about God's creation. Maybe we are partnering as well with people like Arosha and others that we've been doing so, just continuing that relationship. Be amazing to see what God could do with that. Again, go and see Flo if you've got ideas on this. So the Apostle Paul is saying, live as citizens. The way that you conduct your lives should actually say something about who God is 
and, and where uh, his kingdom lies, what it looks like, what heaven looks like. We see that he's saying, demonstrate heaven before the people that you're around. Jesus says the same thing, really. He says, when you pray, pray that God's will would be done, that God's uh, will would be done here on earth, that his kingdom would come here on earth, in your workplace, in the street, on the bus queue, in the coffee shops, as it is in heaven. So Jesus is saying, guys, pray for it. Pray that heaven would come to earth, that we would see glimpses of what it should be like and what it could be like in our day to day, but also to live it out as well, to demonstrate it. Sometimes we have to show people what love looks like. Love looks like something. Sometimes we just have to demonstrate it for them. If we're being asked by Paul and by Jesus to pray for God's kingdom to come, for heaven to come to earth in our day to day, how do we know what heaven looks like? <laughs> how do we even know? Where there's no more tears, where there's no more pain, like what is it? Well, in Revelation 21, uh, we have this amazing vision of heaven. It's in uh, your Bibles at page 1249. Revelation 21. You can look at it if you want. But what I want to do is, I just want to reimagine Edinburgh as it is in heaven. I want to reimagine heaven coming to Edinburgh, the kingdom of God breaking out, the kingdom of God being established on earth, what it might look like for Edinburgh. So just be a bit creative from here. Let's, let's just go with this. This is what it might look like. It was eight o'clock on a Monday morning, and I was standing on York Place, and I saw a new Edinburgh coming down from the heavens. I saw the community leap out of their homes with sheer joy, laughing with the freshness of the morning. I saw an elderly lady skipping down the street and kids playing in the gardens. I saw an exciting sports game there where people from all walks of life were all together playing, asylum seekers, taxi drivers, policemen, prisoners, pensioners and politicians. People from every race and class were playing and laughing in the sun. I saw a street party where people were enjoying a festival, eating and dancing together because there was hope again. I looked across Broughton Street and I saw a community of hope, a community of grace, a community of warmth, businesses blessing community. In the clearness of the morning, I could see for miles and there was no more rough sleepers. There was no unwanted, preg unwanted pregnancies. There was no debt, no violence. There was no overcrowded and no one was too busy. There was no more needles or condoms in the alleyways. There was no more family breakdown. There was no hopelessness. No more discrimination. No more drunken clubbing. No more addiction to late night gambling. There was no threats of fear. There was no more sadness or tears, only joy and laughter. No more extreme poverty, but real and useful employment. Families and neighbors were restored. There was no more rubbish on the streets, no more dealers, no more knives, no more dogs that were used for entertainment or for fights. I saw Edinburgh where neighbors shared favors without the pressure or obligation. I saw an Edinburgh where hearts were unbroken. Partnerships were lasting, peaceful, and happy. And I saw a people of Edinburgh coming to faith, coming back to faith, and coming alive in their faith. And I saw an Edinburgh where families eat and play together. And I saw an Edinburgh as it was in heaven, where tears were wiped away. 
back to our text. Paul's asking us to live who we are in Christ, to demonstrate well what we believe, to be a citizen of heaven and assist in recreating heaven on earth. We're agents of change. To bring a colony on earth and to live it out well. When I was in London helping set up a church with some friends in King's Cross, I would take people of the congregation, members of the church, out on the streets and we'd just go and pray for random people. So on our way to church, we'd just go and find some people, just approach them. Hey, we're from the church, we're praying for King's Cross, we're praying for it as a place, praying for people as well. We saw you, is there anything we could pray for for you? Tell me one thing we could pray for for you. We'd get a few people saying no, but the majority of the people wanted prayer. Some people came to faith, some people were healed. But one thing that I remember about the conversations and praying for people as people manifest and, and weep and meet Jesus on the streets in a normal, non-freaky way with your eyes open, not, not just, just doing it, just inviting the kingdom of God to come on the streets where you are. One thing that I remember them saying is that after we would pray for them, they would say, you know what? This is what the church should be doing. And that was often followed by, where's your church? Like we've been placed where we've been placed to demonstrate the kingdom of God, to pray for our work colleagues, to be authentic in who we are, to demonstrate heaven in love, with compassion, in a normal way. Just to demonstrate the kingdom of God. You guys are so privileged like where you are to have work colleagues who don't go to church. I work for a church. All my work colleagues are Christian apart from Dave. Like every sorry Dave. Like you guys are placed in a place where you can demonstrate the kingdom of God to people who've never seen it. They've never tasted it. They don't know what it looks like. But you're there and you can be who you are, who God's made you to be. Demonstrate the kingdom of God in your smiles, in your generosity, in your love. It's an amazing, amazing opportunity. Paul is just encouraging us to do it, to step out. What I'd encourage you to do is, this is what I found, like, on your phone, get a whole lot of worship music, set a playlist on Spotify or whatever it is, and just listen to worship music in the office, like in your breaks or whatever, and allow God to break your heart for your work colleagues. I used to weep in London. Like I'd be, on the, I'd be on, the, uh, on the underground, and I'd literally have to look away because I'd be listening to worship, and I'd be connecting with God, and my heart would just be breaking for the people getting off and on and going to work. I, I guarantee you that God will just change your heart and how you see your workplace. You'll be able to transform society because God will give you his compassion. He'll give you his eyes. He'll let you see your work colleagues and your family members how he sees them. But you've got to invite it in. Like, listen to worship music and so on. Just factor that into where you are. You are gardeners. You are working alongside the Holy Spirit. Miss your day. Like, like it's God's mission. He's doing this. He's in the renewal business. He's transforming where you are. Let's get, let's get on board. Let's partner with him. Let's garden with him. Let's cultivate the land and, the, and the, the context that God has placed you in. Let's bring about transformation. You may be thinking, oh, what can I do? Like, you, are, you don't know my work colleagues. You don't know where I am. You don't know my street that I live in. You don't know the sort of friends that I hang out with. There's, there's absolutely no way there's going to be any transformation going on there. You might feel like you've got nothing in your hands to bring about transformation. You wouldn't be alone in thinking that. But I heard an inspiring story recently that actually just changes that for me. 
I heard a story, um, my friend Pete went to Uganda. He was invited by Compassion just to come and see some of the amazing things that are going on, some of the transformation stories that uh, they've, they've witnessed and that they've heard. And my friend was telling me about this one guy. And they asked him the question, hey, what do you have in your hands that uh, you could uh, bring transformation with? He's like, nothing. He's like, oh, you must have something. You know, what have you got that could bring transformation to your uh, neighbors, to your people in your village? Nothing really. Actually, what I do have isn't really contributing to society. It's taken away from society. And like, oh, how so? And that, well, I own a little bit of land. And on that land, it's just a bog. It's like a marsh. It's just absolutely horrific conditions. And it's so bad that it's riddled in mosquitoes. It's like a mosquito fest, but it's disgusting. And I'm so ashamed to say, but malaria is so bad in this area. And actually, a lot of it is probably my, my land. There's so many mosquitoes where I live. And malaria is such a thing in the area where we live. And they're like, oh, that doesn't sound great. Well, let's just pray. Let's just pray. So they prayed with this guy, and they thought about it. Some clever person came up with the idea of digging. Hey, why don't we just dig? Oh, okay, good idea. Let's just dig your, your, your bog. Let's just dig the marsh cesspit that you have there. So this guy got his friends, his work colleagues, his family members or whatever, and they just started digging. They were digging and digging and digging. And suddenly they hit a spring and water came up. And suddenly this this bog that was just horrific became a pond and it spread. And suddenly this guy owns a pond. Not a smelly, stale, stagnant bog, but an actual pond. And then he's like, well, I could stick some fish in there. Brilliant idea. Get some fish and put some fish in the pond. Nature took its own course and more fish became more fish, which became more fish. And soon he had a pond full of fish. And then he's like, well, I could start a business. You could sell the fish. Great idea. The guy began to sell the fish. And the money that he made from selling the fish educated his children through school. And then his business actually became successful. People would come and fish in the pond. He began to employ people to look after his business. He had enough money to build a house on the side of his pond. And it thrived and it thrived. But the best thing was, because there were so many fish in his pond, the fish were eating all the lava. They were eating all the mosquito eggs, which meant malaria actually went down in the area where he lived. God is already transforming society. Like, that's just what he's doing. He's, he's making all things new. He's desperate to use us. He's transforming us. He wants to do it in us, and he wants to do it through us. My encouragement would be just to step into what he's doing. I'm going to end in a minute, and we're going to worship. My encouragement would be, let's just think, where are you going to be tomorrow? It's 12, 13. Where will we be tomorrow at 12.13? Where's God placed you? That's the land that God's given you. Cultivate it. Shape it so it looks more like heaven. So it resembles heaven. God's placed you there. Do your thing as you're empowered by the Spirit. And you'll see transformation.